Welcome to the Pages and Platforms podcast, where every week, host and book marketing expert Sue Campbell delivers quick, useful, and inspiring tips and interviews for authors. This week, Sue describes how she pulled herself out of the mire of a story that wasn't working by using knowledge of story type to rewrite and finally finish her middle grade novel, The Cat, The Cash, The Leap, and The List. Here's Sue. If you're writing a novel or a piece of narrative nonfiction and you really can't seem to get anywhere with it, I will bet you dollars to dark chocolate that you can't satisfactorily answer the following question. Are you ready? What type of story are you telling? What type? If the question itself confuses you, or if your answer takes 20 minutes, or if you said it's fantasy or it's young adult, I have good news. By the end of this episode, you'll have a much clearer idea of why you've wandered off the path and how to get back on. Some writers, we sit down to write a novel and only have a tiny, exciting fragment of an idea. We try to write our way into it to see if we can strike some story gold. This is known as pantsing. And it can work for some writers who've already read a million books and have sort of exceptional story instincts. But most writers who try this method hit a big fat wall sooner or later. Other writers sit down to plan a story, deciding everything that happens before they begin chapter one. This is known as plotting. But even if we think we know everything we want to happen in the story, we can still go astray and end up with a terrible book. It really doesn't matter which of these methods you use, so we can all stop fighting about it. You will still have to get clear sooner or later on what type of story you're telling. I am a perfect case in point. When I sat down to write my first middle grade novel, The Cat, The Cash, The Leap, and The List, I had no freaking clue what I was doing. But, you know, I thought it would be fun. My six-year-old daughter and I had fallen in love with the book The Penderwicks by Jeannie Birdsall, and I was just all revved up to write something with a similar feel. I did a total newbie analysis, dissecting all the elements I thought made the story work. A captivating summer setting, some witty children, a dog, an escaped rabbit, some puking. Then I set to work assembling some anecdotes I thought kids would like and began to plan which bit would go into which chapter with really only cursory planning of a thread to hold it all together. And I can tell you, while my six-year-old loved the first draft, she would have been alone in the universe. It was not a cohesive story. I had simply strung together a set of amusing things that happened to some cousins during a long summer visit. I did not understand the story type of my masterwork, The Penderwicks, and I certainly did not understand how the story type determined the structure of the book. Thankfully, my six-year-old had enough enthusiasm for the story to goad me into keeping going and learning how to fix the mess I'd made. Eventually, with the help of developmental editor Anne Holly, I learned that if I wanted to create a certain kind of story, if I wanted kids to have a certain feeling at the end of it, I had to understand story type. As we see it at Pages and Platforms, there are seven essential story types. Other writers and editors have diced it up differently, saying there are dozens of story types, but our editor, Rochelle Ramirez, has spent the last five years studying story types, and she's distilled it down to seven for the sake of simplicity, God bless her. 
So these are seven distinctive platforms that each have their own character arc, theme, and audience expectations. So why is this important? Story types will help you, number one, meet the expectations of your target audience. Number two, write a consistent story with a clear beginning, middle, and end. And most importantly, number three, finish your damn book. Now, at the time that I was writing The Cat, The Cash, The Leap, and The List, I was not a fan of what I would have called action stories and would never have knowingly set out to write one. But Anne actually helped me see that the exciting outer layer of what I'd written was trying to be an action story, but was missing some key elements that were making it fall flat. She knew it was an action story because what little plot I had developed or um, hinged on saving some newly born kittens and their feral mother. So in action stories, the protagonist is motivated by concerns of life and death and danger. So that was a tip off. Once I knew I was telling an action story, I was able to study the components of an action story and use them to clean up my manuscript mess. I got clear on my character's gift and made sure she used it to save the poor little kitty cats. And I was able to elicit those feelings of excitement I'd wanted to create in my readers from the very beginning. But there was still another layer to my novel that I needed to address. While I did understand that characters need to change from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, I'd been able to glean that much after being an avid reader for 30 years, I didn't understand precisely why and how my characters needed to change. I just knew my main character was bossy and that caused problems for her. Anne helped me discover that I had a worldview story type underneath my action story type. Worldview stories feature characters who are struggling with their own ignorance and wisdom. So obviously that's very common with kids books. My protagonist, a type A 10 year old, definitely had this going on. And once I knew that consciously, I was able to play on her naivete and make sure that the climax of the action story coincided with her ability to gain this deeper understanding of the world and learn that she wasn't in control of it. Best of all, once both story types were there for me, the path was clear to finishing the book. I was able to cut out useless anecdotes and those flaccid subplots that had nothing to do with my action story or my worldview story. And because all story types have essential elements and moments that have to be there for the reader to feel satisfied, I knew exactly what I had to add to the book. And this was particularly helpful for me because my drafts tend to be light. I'm a putter inner more than a taker outer. So for example, action stories have to have a scene where someone is singing the villain's praises. In my case, the villain was time and nature. So I had to have someone explain to my protagonist that Mother Nature and the mama cat didn't actually need her and she shouldn't seek to control them. And that was a message she very much didn't want to hear, but was part of her gaining a new worldview. Really, if it wasn't for story type, I wouldn't still be writing fiction. I would have given up. I would have been able to recognize that my work wasn't measuring up, but I wouldn't have had any concrete tools to fix it. I would have considered fiction writing a failed experiment for me. And if I were to write a story about that, that would actually be a validation story type, by the way. So knowing what kind of story I'm telling saved me from giving up on a lifelong dream, and it can save you too. 
If you would like an overview of all seven story types, we have a free PDF download just for you. Go to storypath.me, that's storypath.me, and click the button. In the download, you'll learn all of the seven story types and the basic elements that are essential for each one. And Pages and Platforms will be sharing more ways to learn about story types in the coming weeks, so keep an eye and ear open for that. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.